talkradio.nyc. Welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors right here in beautiful Manhattan. And I have to say it was a spectacular day today. Um, We were lucky. It was spring. On tonight's show, a beautiful home. My guest tonight is Dennis Rosenberg from Birch Family Services. It has been my honor to work with Dennis and the entire staff at Birch Family Services to create and design homes for adults with autism. Birch Family Services imagines a world where individuals with autism and developmental disabilities are celebrated for their abilities, uniqueness, and potential. Dennis and I will talk all about the challenges, and there are many, but the rewards are great. And I believe that everyone deserves to live in a beautiful home. And that's exactly our conversation tonight. There's a lot to talk about. So let's get started. Some of you young folks been saying to me, Hey, Fox, what do you mean, what a wonderful world? How about all them walls all over the place? You call them wonderful? And how about hunger and pollution? They ain't so wonderful either. How about listening to old pops for a minute? Seems to me it ain't the world that's so bad, but what we are doing to it, and all I'm saying is see what a wonderful world it would be if only we'd give it a chance. Love, baby, love. That's the secret. Yeah. And that was Louis Armstrong, or Pops, as we like to say. I think he said it best, didn't he? Love is all we need. I think the Beatles said it as well. I don't know. But whoever it was, I think it's true. Love builds better lives, better communities. In our conversation tonight, better homes. Homes built by so many people with love and compassion in their hearts, working to provide a wonderful home, a wonderful life, a wonderful world so that adults with autism can live independently in a beautiful home of their own. In my 25 plus years as an interior designer, my years as a home furnishing retail buyer, a developer of fine, extraordinary product, my childhood at my grandparents' wonderful furniture store, all through my life, every day, I have been surrounded by beautiful things, beautiful objects, beautiful homes. And throughout my wonderful life, I have never been more moved or more gratified as I have been by assisting and collaborating with Dennis and the entire team at Birch Family Services. Our sole mission to design beautiful homes for adults with autism. 
I have always believed in the power of home, maybe because I came from a good one, or maybe because I made sure that I had one for myself and my family, maybe because I know how incredibly important it is to have the dignity of a home. But whatever I know, or whatever I think I know, I know without a doubt that I became an interior designer for that reason and that reason alone, that the best designs for your life start at home. I have a passion for designing homes for my clients, for my friends, and for the adults with autism. It has been an honor, a deep honor for me to be able to help and to guide the entire staff at Birch Family Services in designing beautiful, warm, conscientious design spaces their residents call home. Dennis and I, of course, will get into the challenges and difficulty. He knows more about that than anyone, but he and I also know the rewards, and we will talk all about them in just a minute. You know, I have a catchphrase for Birch when I talk about Birch and when I try to explain the powerful work that Birch Family Services provides, and it's this that everyone deserves to live in a beautiful home. And I believe that with all of my heart. And right before Dennis and I talk about the tremendous dedication to homes and Birch's care, I, wanna, I, want, I want all of us to remember that there's a difference between a house and a home. We talk every week about designing homes here. And that's important. I think it's absolutely crucial. But what we are really designing is environments of love, of respect for ourselves, and of others that we share our lives with. That is what a home is. Communion, joy, a place to rest, to love, to grow. A house is not a home. A shelter is not a home. So let's talk about that for a minute because they don't call the homeless population houseless, or for that matter, a tent city or a jail cell, a home. A shelter is not a home. A housing unit is not a home. The elderly living in a badly run retirement facility is not a home. Children living in cars with their mother is not a home. And certainly, Children, refugees, locked up in cages is not a home. So again, I will say it, that the best designs, the best strategy, the best dreams, the best chance of your life starts at home. I couldn't possibly believe that more than I do tonight. The dignity of home is a beautiful home. When we come back, my conversation with Dennis Rosenberg from Birch Family Services. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Follow Me Friday Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your your digital connectors. connectors. Woo-woo! What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. My guest tonight is Dennis Rosenberg. I will say that maybe in the 10 years or so that we've been working together, my friend Dennis Rosenberg um, from Birch Family Services. Dennis, I'm so happy to have you here. It's a thrill for me. It's a great honor for me, and I mean that 100%. I want to welcome you to At Home. Uh, Thanks a lot, David. And uh, that was a beautiful uh, tribute you paid to us uh, at the beginning, and I just want to say at the top of this, there's no one I've worked with who's been more generous with their time and their effort, um, and it, it's been a real honor to work with you. Well, thank you. That's very nice. We're, we're, off to, we're off to a great start, I can tell already. Hold on. There might be tissues required. I don't know, but it's that kind of a moving experience, and I wanted to bring... Um, I wanted everybody just to know about how wonderful I think... Uh, Birch Family Services is. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that. Dennis, before we do, before we get into Birch, I ask each and every guest the same two questions. What is um, your meaning, your definition of beauty, and more specifically, what's beautiful in your home? Well, I can answer both questions real real easily here because a a picture is worth a thousand words. Have you seen my wife? Yes. Let me show yes, you a picture uh, of my wife, and that's my definition of beauty. Oh, there you go. It's not that sweet because I know she's listening. <laughs> it works out for me. But, uh, but in all honesty, um, my definition of, of, of beauty is, is what pleases you. And, you know, um, uh, it's a little cl- cliche, but it's in the eyes of the beholder. And we all have a, um, a very different view of, of beauty. And it's really important to remember that when we're thinking about the individuals that we're, we're designing these homes for. And we always have to kind of keep that in mind when we're doing it. I think it's actually where the question originated from. Um, and one of the experiences about helping Dennis and helping everybody at Birch is that 
it taught me so much about my craft and what I do. And answering that question about what is beautiful when you're working on Fifth Avenue and what is beautiful when you're working in the Hamptons or in San Francisco or wherever I've been lucky enough to work and then what is beautiful in a home, you know, in Queens or in upper Manhattan like we're working on now and what... Um, and what changed, what, when the residents experience what that beauty is. And that was a huge question that needed to be answered for me as well. And, um, and we're going to get to that because I think it's that important. And it helps define beauty, I think, on all levels, on all reasons. So why don't we start by just kind of understanding exactly who Birch Family Services is, how they started, what the history was, and how uh, it came to be. Do you want to want to kind of give us the general historical tour? Well, the general history, Bert, we is an agency started in, in 1975. We started out as one school, the Pathfinder School. Um, from that, we started to open up our, our first group home, which opened up in 1979. And, and since, we have now um, 18 programs under 16 roofs. We have... Two of our locations are two homes under the same roof. Um, it, you know, it's it's been it's been a long road, and uh, a lot of hard work went into it. But it but it was all all for the for the right reasons. In addition to our homes, we also have nine schools: eight eight pre K Head Start um, and one school age program. And we have also opened up two what they call day habilitation programs. Uh, who serve the needs of uh, adult population that graduated from the Board of Education. And all of this pioneering effort and all of the, the beginning of this was with Phyllis. Phyllis um, Susser was our uh, founding CEO. Uh, and she had a vision. She, she, she certainly had a vision. She, she was going to tackle the world and, and make things very good for people who were... Uh, uh, with autism, with uh, developmental disabilities. Um, um, she started that first school. She was our CEO up until, I want to say, 1996. And then she became our fundraiser. Uh, she passed away a few years ago. And I met her. I was lucky enough to meet her in the, my early years with Birch, and I was thrilled to do so. But, I mean, she was a pioneer in launching some of New York's first special education schools, specifically for autism, preschool during the diagnosis of early autism, and, and then, of course, because of that, early intervention services. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, she created therapeutic uh, services and family support uh, concepts. I mean, she had a real vision of what was going on. I want people to go back in time a little bit because uh, you don't have to be a New Yorker, and this show fortunately goes outside of New York City, but everybody needs to know about what happened in Willowbrook yes. in Staten Island and talk up to us a little bit about that. And, um, I might take a couple moment, moments just to, um, to tell people how dramatic and awful that was. Well, that was the, the driving, but it was the driving force of what we now know as the, uh, the smaller family like settings for residential for people with uh, developmental disabilities. So um, tell us about that historic that history well, of Willowbrook. Willowbrook was a, a state school, as David mentioned, on New Staten York State, Island. Yeah. Um, a very large institution 
And at one time, I think it was 6,000 people. I, I don't know the numbers offhand, David, but, but I wouldn't argue with that number yeah. at all. I think it was, um, it was, very it was poorly understaffed. Can um, you imagine 6,000? It, it, you know, now we, we're talking very uh, lofty terms. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean that in a cynical way. We, we talk about empowering people, independence. At Willowbrook, they didn't meet the basic health medical safety needs of these individuals. They were simply warehoused in this, in this large facility under really pretty poor conditions. It was a, a very sad uh, environment for these people to, uh, to live in. And uh, Geraldo Rivera, you might remember, back in, in the mid-'70s did a, an expose, and then the parents of these individuals got together and, and sued uh, New York State uh, um, in, in federal court and there was a federal consent decree uh, called the Willowbrook Consent Decree that demanded that New York State empty out their large institutions and put these individuals in, uh, place these individuals in, in more family-like settings. And uh, that was really what got it started. That was 1980. It was the Civil Rights of Institutionalized Persons Act. And I'm only going to emphasize this, not for dramatic effect, but just to show you how horrific humanity can be sometimes. There was a couple doctors in charge of that facility, and they used um, the people with disabilities housed in that institution to do medical tests, um, you know, as horrific as it was. Uh, I think uh, one of the tests was on herpes, uh, not on herpes, Hepati but hepatitis. 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 And they literally watched these children, these teenagers, um, go through this terrible disease and, stu and studied all that. And then, of course, it all kind of ended with a, a horrific murder and um, of some one of the attendants killing a 13-year-old girl. And I don't recall that part of it, but, but I, I do remember the the awful medical conditions that uh, and that it was filthy with. too it was it was it was disgusting on all levels uh, i had the privilege when i oh, used that you, term loosely of yeah. screening an individual there and it oh was my God. Uh, not not a pretty place you, you couldn't wait to get them out of there and the only reason i bring it up is because we're going to talk about the exact contrast of that we're going to talk about exactly what's happening with birch family services and throughout new york state certainly in new york city and we're going to uh, kind of give you an idea of how um just inspiring it is and so but we're going to get to that but i have i have a lot more questions um dennis how long have you been in this field, your work. How long have you been working for Birch, or how long have you been in, in human uh, services? 1979. Um, since 1979, I, I volunteered in one of their schools, uh, the well, the only school they had at the time on on Farmers Boulevard in Queens, uh, and then uh, was a living staff member in the first group home in East Flatbush. Uh, oh, you were. I don't even think I knew that. Okay. Yeah. I, it, it was an experience. It was fun. It, it 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 has ups and downs, but it was a it was a pretty war rewarding experience. And now that reason that Dennis and I have known each other for so long is that Dennis is in charge of facilities, and and you actually find the the new home yes. or the potential new home uh, that will be designed um, to design to. Um, There'll be about, what, six to eight residents, depending on the size of the house that's well, available. Well, smaller is better now. You know, when it started out, you, 
you developed a house for eight or ten people. In one case, we did a house for twenty. Although I'm happy to say we 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 split that place up into three residences. Now uh, they're really looking for. Uh, well, currently we're we're looking for a place in Manhattan for four individuals. Um, you helped us in Howard Beach and at Grove Street in doing two two houses under the same roof, one for three and three, and then the other was six and six. Right. That's so right. we're really looking to go to go as small as possible, which is, you know, that's economically feasible to, to do. Economically feasible because, of course, there's 24-hour... 24-7. Managed uh, care, right? Th- these folks are, um, while they have... Uh, 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 Lots of an abundance of skills. They they do need twenty four seven hour uh, uh, support, which our staff uh, give as generously as you give your time to us. But and then we, you know just because Dennis and I were talking, we have to have a bigger picture of it. Uh, medication is required, right? There's there's schedules it, it, that need to it, be managed. In, in our group homes, we're 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 supporting them in pretty much every aspect, every aspect of, of their, their lives. lives, from the medical issues to. Uh, Recreation, their education, working, uh, working, uh, help them uh, pick the pick the clothes they wear. Every every our managers and our staff are are uh, really supporting them in every aspect of their lives. And then to also just so we get some real clarity, each home has a sense of uh, or a definition of what where the residents would be on the spectrum. So I think one of the first homes that you and I did together, that the residents in that home, I think it was in Brooklyn. They were, they, those, uh, those are fellows that... Um, they were young. They were young, but they were ready for what is known as a lesser, lesser restrictive setting. They had they'd gained a, a tremendous lot of skills. Um, they came to us, uh, I want to say, in 1995. We opened that house in, in 2007, and they didn't need quite the amount of supervision uh, that they were getting. Uh, one of them, I believe, now is being travel trained. Um, they, they had made some, some pretty remarkable uh, gains. Uh, in, in a, they came from a house in Canarsie. Mm-hmm. They moved them to that house in Borough Park. Borough Park, that's yes, what it was. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into some of the changes that the houses create and all of that. Um, but but just to give people an idea, we've also done homes, and I can't remember their locations, but where there have been out, there have been older, maybe 50-year-old women, if I remember right, and um, um, 45-year-old men and were in that You house. started helping us do the houses with folks that were aging out of uh, services uh, out of state. When, when we opened up... Yes, that's um, right. Coming in from other states, can Correct. you explain that phenomenon? Well, at the time, they they were they were placed in uh, in other states because New York New York City didn't have the, the wasn't able to care for them, wasn't able to support them the way they needed to be uh, supported, and New York City, uh, New York State, I'm sorry, has has come a far away, uh, far cry from Willowbrook in providing services for people, and. Um, so we were able to repatriate these folks as they, as they aged out of the, the settings that they were in. Uh, that was the second house you helped us uh, do, uh, Grove Street in uh, Bushwick. Um, they weren't that old. They weren't. They, they, they oh, were like 21, they were. 22. Um, 
Yeah, they, 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 they weren't at all. No, but I distinctly remember dealing with some um, mature people. Um, and that might, it might not well, have been Grove you know, Street. You've, you hel- you're helping us now with those four houses that we took over up, maybe that's uptown. And they're all, uh, most of them are, 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 are some, well, the age range there is like 27 to 87. Uh, so, yeah, you are helping us with uh, an older population. You are bringing up Grove Street. I think Dennis and I both have an affinity for it. And we're going to talk about the design and the concept of the design because that was a unique and special house or environment. And we'll get to that in the in the second spot. Um, I want to talk a little bit about just how outstanding the entire um, staff is. Each Each manager of each house, and I've met many of them, their commitment to their residents and and it's just it's just beautiful and it's one of the reasons that I'm just I always get so fulfilled in in in, in my work uh, in trying to help with uh, what we're doing and um, because everybody's so dedicated, it, you know that's not just being educated somewhere that's a that's a unique thing that Birch requires or that Birch is able to find. Um, somehow to me, I, it's just, everybody is remarkable. Can you just, how is that possible that you're, you're just constantly well, you surrounded? Know, the, the, the really great thing about it is it's not just Birch. I, I appreciate you saying that, okay. but it's a whole field. Um, you know, it's, it's a large industry in New York state and is, uh, it, it one of the most, uh, I, I've been really fortunate over the, the 40 years to work with a bunch of very committed people who, like you said, they they go above and beyond. Above you, you and beyond. You mentioned managers. It, it goes beyond. That. It is one of the most difficult positions. Oh, okay. To manage a a, a facility twenty four seven. It's literally twenty four seven. They they never really know what a day off is because they're always getting calls. And then direct care, uh, the direct support professionals, the guy, the the folks that are on the line, uh, they're they're sorely underpaid. I mean, think about. Uh, it's comparable to uh, McDonald's, what, what someone might get paid in McDonald's. And I'm not trying to uh, disrespect anybody working in a fast food industry. No, but, you're just doing a comparison. But but the 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 work that uh, demands that are made on these people just it, this is incredible. It, and it, and it always it always moves me. And I just wanted to bring that up. Can we just tell everybody before we go to break and we start talking about designing homes for um, people with disabilities and challenges? Um, and I and I do want to talk about that. But can you just talk about some of um, how difficult it is with the state and, and and communities and and trying to purchase homes that are suitable and appropriate for a community of four or six? People that have developmental disability. Well, you know, you know New York State uh, supports our efforts uh, very well, but but it is a process, and uh, and it takes several years, right? I, or it can. It, it takes typically it takes 18, 18 months to two years to develop a home. It, it's going a little slower now because there there is a process. Um, and the process designed to protect your money. These are these are public dollars that we're working with. Um, so whatever I say here, I'm, I'm not trying to be critical at all. It's uh, there's checks and balances in place to ensure that the money is being spent the, the the right way. But when you get a fast market like we've had in the past year, it it I no sooner do I find the house than my realtors are telling me, "Well, I'm sorry, that's already gone." Uh, that's very difficult. The slower market. 
it, 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 it's, it, it, it works a lot quicker. Um, there's a process where we have to go speak to the community about what we don't, everything we try to do is transparent. We don't try to sneak a house into a neighborhood. Um, and for the most part, the, the communities are, are very accepting. Um, we do, we, 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 you know, there, there's a little trepidation, especially if you happen to be right next door to someone, they get, a, you know, they, 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 they have a lot of questions, they're wary, they're, they're a little bit nervous about, but typically after we've been there for six months, it, it we everybody would, relaxes and comes They up. see we're taking care of the guys, they, they, they see that we're taking care of the property, yep. and we really start to become part of the landscape, which is, which is the goal. We just, we're not looking to stand out in any way, shape, or form. We just want to be part of a community. Um, I don't know, did it hit all your... your Uh, We did. We hit it all. We hit it all. And actually, it's a great time uh, to take a break because when we come back, I want to talk about um, how we sort of think through the process of designing homes for adults with autism or developmental disability and what are some of those... um, some of those thoughts and design concepts are like. So you're listening to At Home on talkradio.nyc. And Dennis and I will be back in two minutes. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. talking to Dennis Rosenberg from Birch Family Services. And I want you to take a look at uh, the Birch Family Services website, of course. And that's it. It's Birch Like the Tree Family Services, just so you get it correctly. The website has tremendous information about programs and educational information. And of course, take a look at the residential program that Dennis and I are talking about tonight. Um, And you can also find Birch is also on Facebook and Twitter. And I think this is so important for people who are seeking out uh, information about autism or developmental challenges is that you guys have a YouTube channel and it has just so much information on it that I think uh, is important for a lot of people who might be seeking, seeking that. 
Um, and then my big ask tonight, because it's so important to me, it's it's uh, everything, is I want you to go to the top right-hand corner of the Birch Family Services website and donate. If you're listening to the show tonight, um, that would be uh, a very important thing for you to do. So please do that. Thank you very much. Okay, there's all the house cleaning that we need to do. Send your questions to um, David at David Thiergartner Interiors and put in the subject line at home. And... Let's go ahead and start talking about the process of designing a house um, that the residents will be um, either adults with autism on, on all kinds of levels or the spectrum. Um, and so we and you would tell me that in advance. And then also, you know, just any kind of uh, uh, developmental disabilities. And be, so I want to talk about that. But when what was the. What was the first motivation for you contacting me in the first place? People were complaining that I was picking out white all the time for the walls. And they said, we need, we need some color here, Dennis. What are we going to do about that? Uh, I oh, was, as simple I, as that. <laughs> I was picking out the colors. And, and like I said to you before, I'm, uh, I keep things simple. I love the white of this office. That, that, that's, that's me. Um, and we had a connection. You had a good friend that worked for Birch at the time, That's Jim, right. Jim Grosso. That's right. And we, you know, Jim came Jim to us. Jim was and, the one. Yeah. Right. Jim, Jim said, uh, what do you guys need? How can I help you? And I said, you know, do, do you know anybody who, who does interior design, interior decorating? Because, uh, you know, we're picking out the colors and, and I think we do an okay job, but uh, I'm, I'm timid about stretching out and trying different things with color. I don't, what do I know? I, I like green. I like white. And they introduced us to you, and uh, it's it's been a, a great match ever since. It has been. Right? It's been a great match. So let's just talk about, if we're going to start with paint colors, let's start talking about that. So there's nothing wrong with white. My house in the country is white. I, I, I love white, right? But white also in New York City in an urban environment um, can we we tend to call it supers white right that so many apartments have just white paint on it because between residents they come in and they put white paint on it and so one of the things that we're trying to create and and at birch for the residents is a real sense of home that's our big goal and the challenge is is that we don't get a lot of things to do that. In other words, let's just list out what we can't or what we tend not to use. We don't use rugs. We don't use table lamps. We don't use um, chandeliers or depending sconces. depending on on um, the population going into a house. There, there are certain things you. There's you try definitely to stay limitations, away from. I right. guess. Right to it, all of it, that. It all starts with the individuals that are going to live in that house, and then the design flows from around that. But there are certainly limitations, yes. and you're right. Each yes. house has a different character to it, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But so now, as a designer, as an interior designer, what do I get to use? I get to use paint colors, and I get to use the fabric on the furniture, because that is the only real expression that's happening. Of course, we're going to choose a kitchen. We're going to choose countertops. We're going to choose flooring. A lot of times, to save money, we keep the existing wood floor if it's in good shape. So there's only a couple things that we get to use to 
to express the sense of home and warmth and comfort and familiarity. So color is one of them, right? And the other challenge that we were having is that the manager would come in and the wall would need to be painted and she would pick a color. So after five years, we had a house that had white room over here and a purple room it wasn't over there. Quite a, it wasn't quite an artistic flow to it. That, that is absolutely So we correct. lost the, yes. the, the sense of home and character right. to it. So we, that was our, one of our big goals. And, and we set a rule that if it was painted this color, you had to repaint it that color right. so that it, it yes. maintained itself. But so color is a very important thing, as it is to all of us, right? And so with Birch, what we try to do is we try to pick always soothing colors. We tend to be in the blues. We tend to be in the greens. We might be in a soft yellow but um, or even a rose color. I think the new Upper Manhattan has a whole... Uh, where the women are going to be. 183rd, she loved the yellows uh, in that house, yes. So, so, but we don't go, we're not using orange, right? And we're not using sort of a uh, electric green or an electric right. blue. We try to stay away from any of those vibrations. You, you've given us some nice muted colors that go beyond white and uh, some nice flesh tones, a, a very nice, um, well, I keep thinking of the one that we did with... Um, at Irwin Place, the Manchester, it was a beige, it was a beautiful Manchester color. tan, Benjamin there you Moore. Go. Yeah, that's there the you go. one. <laughs> but yes, that's color. a beautiful color. But that is, for me, I think in my head, doing two things. It's soothing and it's easy to be around, right? Yes. But it's also, those are the colors that indicate care and, and a home life, right? It's a very warm, right. uh, a warm atmosphere with those colors. And that's, I think, you know, always trying to provide that. So that, that's the sense of colors. We don't, we don't go crazy. We, don't, we, we, we try to just infuse uh, color into the residence. And a lot of times these houses can be three or four stories high. And on each level, there's a different, there's maybe women on the sixth floor, men or women on the top floor, and then men, and then the kitchen and the dining room, and then you, the entry. So we try to coordinate all of that so it works well together. Well, right? the other thing that you managed to do very well for us, uh, and I think about Grove Street a lot because Grove Street is, uh, you know, we have diff different um, kinds of fire readiness for houses, fire safety. Uh, Grove Street has sprinkler systems going through it and they have to be painted red. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But somehow you made that work. You you chose a floor, uh, the floor tile that, that took up off, off that red. It was uh, it, It's a real challenge and, and you you met that very well over there. That was a fun project because that was an old convent. Yes. yes. Um, and so, and it was large. It was a large building. Uh, you chose to divide it into two uh, two residents. Two yes. residents. So what we did, because it had a, um, uh, it was a convent, but it had a school feel to it. We decided to use the colors of an Ivy League school, two yes. Ivy League schools. And one was red and yellow and the other one oh, it was green and yellow. Green, yeah. Yeah. And so we tried to set up this whole academic, you know, kind of fun sort of sense. I think even on the doors, we use varsity letters. Uh, for the bedroom doors and stuff. And we created this whole yes. sort of sense of university life with it. And what we did with that is that we then took those colors, used it on the linoleum floors or manoleum. We, um, the BCT. Yeah, which is a, a high, uh, durable, high traffic yes. flooring, which is important, um, and easy to clean. All of these things right. we try to figure out, right, to make it work. And it, it just became a lot of fun. And we used... Um, sort of a light birch 
wood finish on things. Uh, we used a black countertop to sort of look like a science lab sort of concept. With that, any of that, that just gave it that sort of uh, university uh, old time feel to it. It was. Uh, it, it really was. It really came out beautiful. It was know? colorful and it was lovely. Before that, when before we had left it, it was. Uh, it, it was it was it was somber it was it oh was dark. It was a, uh, and they had these little like twin bedroom rooms that yeah, they all right. slept you in gave it, it you guys gave it such life it was uh, it's really it was really a good job it it, it it was a lot of fun and yeah we were able to express i think a lot of things like that very well and that just brings me to the point that each house, of course, like a house that we would buy, that we would fall in love, has its own character. That that convent sort of said something, right? It, it had an expression. Um, and then, you know, another house in Brooklyn might be more of like, I think, a 1950s sort of, you know, regular townhouse in the middle of a neighborhood that has matching townhouses all the way up. And that has a different feel to it, I right. think. You know, we use different furniture. We use different colorizations. We we try to create a different character. Well, the it. house in Borough Park's an old old brownstone. It used all that. It had the nice sliding doors still in it. It's, it's and and you kept it that way. It was just uh, it's a beautiful house. It's one of my favorite places to go. Birch tends to go the whole distance. So and I we've always done kitchens full out. We've always redone the uh, you know refurbished redone. Oh, my God. Refurbish the bathrooms um, completely um, so that when the residents take over, it's been uh, it's a new home for them. Yes, absolutely. And then the one thing that we do is that we allow each residence to sort of maybe like what you would do for your family. Each resident is allowed to have some character to their own space. Absolutely. Personalize their bed. Well, that's where um, that's where our our direct our direct support professional comes in you know a lot of our folks can't verbalize their their likes their dislikes um, but the direct support professional works so closely with them it's so important to so many of the things that we do uh, the interdisciplinary team how how we go after uh, certain behaviors and um, but they also help us understand what help you understand what the individual might like in their in their rooms and, and make it easier for us to 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 plan how their rooms are going to look i mean it's a real thrill because of course they have their own personality some like stuffed animals i remember very distinctly somebody had a collection of um racing cars and another one love like yes. vinyl record covers for some reason i remember that dennis before we go to break and i want to just talk a little bit about some of the rewards and maybe i'll start and maybe you have a story but right after the first house so i my whole sense was to help you and to you know to do do what i was asked to do and that I was thinking that it would be so much for the residents. And what I didn't know and what I didn't expect was that it was for their families as well. Absolutely. It was for their parents as well and their siblings. And the first time the, fa the father came up to me or a mother came up to me and said, like, you know, thank you so much for creating a home. I've never been able to say goodbye to my child at his own house, his own home. It makes, I rest at night. I feel better at night. Now that's not on me, that's Birch, but you get the sense of 
the difference of making or creating a home for a child, for them, that has never really had that outside of the family house. Well, that's the reward. I mean, it's you the talk incredible about rewards, reward. Uh, yeah. it, it, you know, when you, when you do the job day in, day out, uh, the, the regulatory grind, the f- worrying about funding, it, it's a job. It, it's a, every now and then. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you, you run into a parent. I, I, I don't interact with the parents that much. Uh, when I was on the program side, I, I did a lot. Um, but now and then I'll go to a house and then I'll, I'll see uh, a parent. I, I, this one, I, I think about it, he's 45th. She's my favorite parent. And she's just so thankful for some of the stuff that we've done. Uh, and there is the reward. I mean, it's, it's a good job. I raised my, my family on this job. Um, that, that's the special. That's the treat. It truly, truly is. Dennis, you know, it's been such a great honor to talk to you tonight. Believe it or not, we're out of time. But I will ask you, will you stay with me and we'll take some questions from our listeners? Sure. Terrific. Uh, This is At Home and Dennis and I will be back in two minutes. The colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. We're going to take some questions together. Let's see uh, if you can help me answer some of these. Here's the first one, of course. I didn't pick these, but so this is what. But it says, David and Dennis, what a wonderful show. It's moved me to hear about your dedication to all involved. I had no idea. Thank you for enlightening me. 
but there's welcome. no question thank in you. that. But thank you for the comment, I guess. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's really very sweet. Um, here's another one. Um, David, what are the similarities and differences in designing high-end residential and homes for developmentally challenged individuals? Wow, so that's a really good question. Um, there's a lot of uh, similarities, of course, um, because you would program um, a high-end client's residence just as if Dennis and I were talking about programming the needs of the residents at one of the Birch homes. So um, that is basically knowing who's involved, whether it's a husband and wife or if it's four young men uh, with a disability. But you have the same questions. You have floor plans, right? You have proper access, right? Where are the paths throughout the house? How much room do we have, right? Proper spacing. Good lighting, which we didn't even talk about when we were going through the list of uh, what is required at a birch house. Um, and then, you know, just joyful environment. So I think those are all the same. And I mean, I, that list could be a hundredfold. Um, but the differences, I think, are a little bit the same. You know, we talked about how we tend not to use table lamps or how rugs are a trip hazard. And we're, we're careful about that. Well, it's also difficult to figure out what they want. They, they, they can't verbalize, uh, Good their, point. their preferences and, uh, uh you know, a lot of times we show them things and uh, or the staff understand, you know, knows that they drift towards the greens when they go shopping for, for clothing. It is a lot more. Uh, we have to intuit a little bit more than uh, you would in, in, a, in a regular home. Yeah, that is absolutely true. The programming is a little more right. detailed right. and there's more people involved. Yes, I guess you would say maybe that's the that's the biggest uh, uh, difference between the two. But a great question all the same. Probably could talk about it for an hour. Um, here's a question for you, Dennis. I think is there a cost to the families who are, have a child in residence? No, um, most of it is paid by Medicaid, and the Medicaid is not uh, based on what the family earns. New York State, uh, the federal government, uh, is paying for this. Uh, there is some contributions to. Uh, uh, there, uh, let me take that walk that back a little bit. Okay. In in certain situations, um, there is we we will uh, there's a, a portion, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm not that connected to this end of it anymore. But there's a portion of their SSI or their disability that might be taken towards their care. But they're always left, uh, all their needs are being met, uh, and they're always left with with monies to for recreation for things that they want. Um, but the but uh, but the co- it's not taken from the families. It'll take from the individual's uh, SSI. Families don't have to contribute anything. Some do. They choose to. Some help us. Uh, yeah, volunteering. Getting or volunteering or, or, or with, with donations. Uh, but for the most part, uh, this is funded by uh, the state of New York and the federal government. Which is fantastic. Here's another one. David, are there colors you can't use? Well, we talked a little bit about it, and then we talked about um, the convent that we use red and yellow in. Um, I, I would say that, you know, in the early days when Mindy was so much a part of the design process because she was teaching me a lot about how to work through all of this, um, yeah, we, again, we try not to use bright, uh, energized colors. You know, I mean, it's the same colors that McDonald. What McDonald uses, we try not to use, right? Those oranges, those yellows, those bright, because 
color has vibration. Color has emotional uh, sensibilities to them. And we try to keep an environment that is conducive to everybody involved. But but as David mentioned earlier, that we will use colors that people choose for their own areas and uh we do allow you know they, they you know, allow i hate when i say that word allow we, we do let have them pick the colors for their bedrooms yes, uh, you yes. Know, we might we might paint the whole place uh manchester whatever <laughs> manchester but Jack. when they get into their rooms and and they and their families want want certain things and by all means it's their room and, and we, we do everything we can to accommodate them. Yeah, the idea behind that is that there will be two residents per room usually. In most cases, sometimes there's one. So we try to find a color that works. Let's say for, um, you know, boys or men, I should say, that are 21 years old, right? We find try to find that color. And then they add on to yes. that in the suitable sort of fashion. Again, just like we would do in any family, any sort of... Uh, home situation is basically how it works exactly right and uh, and it, it seems to be a working formula it seems yes. to be it seems to be going well uh guys you mentioned a little bit about ages age ranges sorry i'm having totally um different uh, uh is it co-ed i guess is what i'm trying to read out of here so yes there a are couple, some a couple houses are co-ed, co-ed but not yeah. all yeah not all um I'm thinking about our grocery projects. They're all male. Um, our Howard Beach is, is you know, that's uh, two houses under one roof. The first floor is male. The second floor is female. Uh, Irwin Place is, is, is co-ed. Um, now, we mix them up. Depends on the demands. Right. And there are plenty. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is our last question. Interesting. What steps do you take to secure the residents from accidental harm? Um, now, I get this question a lot in my everyday work. You know, depending on the family, you know, glass coffee tables are still a thing for some people. You know, that kind of a thing, if that's what you're asking. Um, if people are worried about that or have small children, then we tend not to choose a glass right. coffee table. You have to think of the population that's that that's in the house. So some of our uh, folks are uh, bring bring some more challenges to the table than others, and uh, we're not so quick to put things like glass coffee. Other other houses, they they they're fine with that kind of stuff. They and and it works. You know, uh, you have to think about who you're developing the house for. I remember uh, we we added laminate uh, a film to windows. Yes, uh, because that was a challenge. It's a 3M shield. Uh, some windows would get broken. The 3M shield would protect them from any shards from of da- glass. Yeah, yes, danger yes, yes. from from that standpoint. And they they have locks and you know I mean it's right. and, and of course there's 24/7 care. So yes. you know of course security is without question one right. of the highest priorities and that's a part of the programming process and that's a part of everything that we and again we don't do that in all the houses it, you know some houses have that more. need others others don't don't need that and i think that's one of the most important takeaways i think is that again what are the similarities between high-end residential and working in a boat home is programming. It should be everybody's priority. When you walk into a home, when you walk into your own home, what do I need? What does it need? How does it serve the people who are living there? And the thing to always remember, it starts with the individual, and, and it flows from there. Their needs and their wants are uh, what this whole thing's about. 
and I couldn't say it any better. Dennis, thank you so much. Oh, it's it a pleasure being a here, David. Thank great you. Great privilege for me. I really, really appreciate it. I want to thank everyone here at talkradio.nyc, Schoolhouse Number Six Productions. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't even want to try. Benjamin Keegan for my music. Remember to follow me on Instagram at home with DTI. Take a look at my website, DavidThergartnerInteriors.com, and join me next week when we talk to landscape architect Hardy Stecker. Senior associate at one of New York's top commercial and public space landscaping companies, Ken Smith Workshop. Um, I'm thrilled because it's spring to talk to Hardy all about architectural landscaping. Stay tuned for the New Orleans Scepter show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way. And until next week on the radio, remember the best designs for your life start at home. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.